Well, we welcome back those who are coming back from the break. This is the first mass of this winter term. And we are still celebrating Christmas. Actually, Christmas ends not today, but with the feast of baptism of the Lord. So we still have one more week of the season of Christmas. And today we have these other characters that are in the Nativity scene, the three Magi, the Feast of the Epiphany, Manifestation. And this gospel that we just heard finishes with this line. They, the Magi, departed for their country by another way. So literally it means that they took another route because Herod wanted to see them, Herod wanted to kill the baby, so it has a literal meaning. They went back home through another route. But it also has a spiritual meaning, and is they were changed, they were transformed, as anyone to go who goes to Bethlehem and adores the newborn king they are changed, they are transformed. Remember what happened to the shepherds. They go after hearing the message from the angels and they return home glorifying and praising God. And obviously Mary and Joseph, they are transformed. And also the Magi. What did that transformation mean? We don't know exactly. But for sure it was a new light in their mind, a new love in their hearts, a new enthusiasm for life. Picture them getting back home in the East, telling everyone of their journey, of the star, of the scribes, of the star appearing again, of the shepherds, and especially of the newborn king. So, this is a key in the whole story of salvation. Those who encounter Christ, because the key of the transformation of the Magi was that they encounter Christ, they worship him. They had an experience of authentic worship. If you remember, the gospel says they pro prostrated themselves and did him homage. Then they opened their treasures and offered him gift of gold, frankincense, and myrrh. It's an image of adoration. No, they get there, this king, this wise man, and they lay down before Jesus. They open their gifts, and the gift they symbolize both the divinity, incense, and the humanity, myrrh, so to be anointed when he dies. So, why did they were transformed? Well, because they encounter Christ. They adore him. They recognize him. When they get to Bethlehem, they have this experience of, this is not just a baby. This is the Word made flesh. It's God with us. And they offer their hearts. The gifts are a symbol of the offering of their hearts. And if you think 
This happens all the time in the scriptures. For example, Moses goes to the Sinai. He experiences the theophany, the manifestation of God. And what happens with his face? He shines so much that you need to put a veil. That would be awesome that you come to Mass and you shine so much that you go back home and say, ah, you're too radiant. And then what happened to Jesus at Tabor? And what happened to Paul in Damascus? He encounters Christ and that changes his life. And the shepherds, what happened to Mary in Nazareth with the overshadowing of the Holy Spirit? And so on and so forth. When you have true, authentic, real encounter with Christ, you are transformed. You go back home by another way. And that's my invitation for you today, and it's to see how can we deepen our way of worshiping? How can we deepen our way of prayer so it can be more authentic? So every time you pray, you can, in a sense, experience the presence of Christ, or at least put the disposition for it. Because not every time you pray, you're going to be transfigured like Jesus. Or not every time you pray, Jesus will appear like it happened to Paul. But at least we can try to see prayer as something that changes you. You can try to see prayer as something that influences your mind and your will, and it transforms you more and more every time you pray. And you can try to avoid the going through the motions mentality or the checklist mentality or a fake, inauthentic way of praying. So how can we pray? How can we imitate their, the Magi in their way of worshiping Christ? Three, if you want, tools for your prayer life. The first one is to be sincere. It's very important when you pray to be honest, to be sincere. The Magi, they offer the, the treasures. They offer what they bring. Always sacrifice and worship in the Bible has an aspect of us offering something. So whenever we pray, in order to both us encountering Christ and Christ encountering us, one important attitude is to be sincere, to remove whatever mask you have before the Lord. Do you remember that passage in the Gospel of Luke? There are two people in the temple. One is the Pharisee that says, I pray and three times a week I fast, this number of times a week. And the Gospel says he was thinking to himself. Basically, he was not praying. He was saying to God, I'm so perfect, look at me. And it happened to be in the first pew, the Pharisee. Not that here we have Pharisees, but, but the last pew, this publican was there and he was saying, Lord, have mercy on me, a sinner. He went back home justified. He was honest. 
He was praying to God saying, okay, this is me. I am a sinner. I'm broken, but you love me. So whenever you pray, one first thing you can do when you begin to pray, let's say you do Lexo Divina or you pray the Rosary, you go to Eucharistic Adoration or you come to Mass, you say, Jesus, this is me right now. Look, I am worried about this. I'm upset with this person. I feel cold. I, I feel nothing when I pray. Or I feel joyful. Not, you, your heart doesn't need to be always down, no? Like, hopefully, you're always joyful, or at least most of the time, joyful. So, begin praying with that honesty, with that sincerity. In that way, the Lord can encounter you without a mask. If you think this is what happens in all the epiphanies, the word epiphany means manifestation of Christmas. Joseph, he finds out Mary's pregnant, so he begins to think, what should I do? As he is thinking, he has the dream, and the angel comes. But heaven comes to that situation where he doesn't know where to, what to do. Mary receives the visit of the archangel at her home, the shepherds in the fields. So the Lord is always an expert in encountering us where we are at. But when we pray, it's good that we facilitate him accessing our inner selves. So always try to, when you pray, to have a moment of sincerity. Say, Lord, this is where I am at right now. The second thing is to profess different titles of God. Basically, to tell God who he is. Not that he doesn't know. You don't need to remind God who he is. But you need to remind yourself who God is. That's what the shepherds did. They did an act of worship, both in their gestures and in the giving of the gift. The giving of the gift is an act of faith in the divinity and the humanity and the kingship of Christ. And the gesture of prostration also is a sign of you are greater than us. You're not just one more child here in Bethlehem. That's a very beautiful experience when your heart can experience that God is God and that you are in front of him. This is the mystery of the incarnation, that God becomes, in a sense, in a mysterious way, localized. We can say, here and now, God is made flesh. And that's the mystery of each Mass. Here and now, God becomes flesh for you. So, this act of adoration is both an inner act of reverence and also an outward act. So, 
saying different titles of Jesus when you pray can be a way of getting out of yourself and focusing more on Christ. So let's say you go and you begin your night prayer or you do a holy hour before the Blessed Sacrament. Well, the first five minutes after you say, Jesus, where your heart is, you can begin to say, Jesus, the Messiah, Jesus, Lamb of God, King of Kings, Lord of Lords, the Word made flesh, the Alpha and the Omega, the truth and the life, the Good Shepherd, the Bread of Life, the Son of God, the only begotten Son of God, the beloved Son of God. Well, I ran out of titles, but you can keep going. And when you do that, your sense of being in the presence of Christ can be enhanced. That's what the Magi did. They adore Christ. So repeat the names. Also, try to be careful with the gestures you do in prayer. They post prostrated themselves. Even their body language was expressive of their adoration. So when you come to church, do the genuflection well. When you do the sign of the cross, do the sign of the cross well. When you come to Holy Communion, receive the Lord with devotion. Inner devotion, but also outward devotion. Because the body language both expresses your faith in the inside, but also reinforces your faith in the inside. If you do the sign of the cross well once, that increases your devotion and your faith. If you do the genuflection well, that increases your faith. You're imitating the magic that with their bodies, they spoke about who was before them. So say the names of Jesus and also be careful in your gestures of devotion. And finally, another way to have a more authentic way of worship is very simple. Especially when you begin your prayer, just repeat your name and his name. Just say, Jesus, Ignacio. Jesus, Ignacio. You get the point. This is you are praying by yourself. If you're in the Adoration Chapel, well, try to do it in the silence of your heart. No, it will be annoying, no, like Miriam, Jesus. Okay. <laughs> Thank you. Like, but if you have if you're in your bedroom or whatever, like so when you say that, sometimes you will focus more on the word Jesus. Maybe at first. And then you can focus more on your own name. And then you can imagine Jesus pronounces it. So you do this kind of tennis game of repeating his name and your name. But as you're saying that, your heart needs to begin to connect with the heart of Christ. Your heart needs to be 
to connect with his heart. So develop an authentic way of worship. When that happens, this mysterious thing takes place. Through authentic worship that produces transition, this merging of our hearts with the heart of Christ. When you are sincere, when you have an act of faith, when you revere his presence, when you, through the gift of the Holy Spirit, begins to sense that God is with you, you begin to give your life to him, and he begins to give his life to you. That was the experience of the Magi. They came from afar, following a star. They founded the Messiah in the scriptures. Then they found Christ in Bethlehem. And then they go back home through another route. They go back home knowing that God is with them in their homes, in their lives. Now their lives and the life of Christ begin to merge. And that's the ultimate goal of authentic worship. That your life, whatever you bring today to Mass, whatever concerns you, whatever is of interest to you, that at Mass you, or any experience of worship, you can bring it to Christ. And those things enter his heart. And then his life needs to enter into your own life. So the two hearts begin to merge. So let us pray, especially this week, for the grace of authentic worship. Especially when we come to Mass. That's the ultimate and the par excellence experience of worship of the Catholic faith. This is literally the mystery of the Epiphany. You come, you offer your gifts, especially in the offertory, you offer your lives as we are celebrating the Mass. And Jesus offers his life for you. This is my body given up for you for you. So we may leave this place and go through a different route.